Hello and welcome to another episode of the Geomaxin podcast. This is actually the very first episode that I recorded uh, a year ago. Uh, and I'm so grateful to Izzy for agreeing to do this. I was terrified, I'm not gonna lie, I was terrified, I was terrified that I lost the recording um, just three months ago, I thought that I lost all my data with a disk drive that wasn't working for a long time. Anyways, rookie mistakes aside, I wanted to absolutely record that this interview with Izzy at that time, right after her initiative on one of the community's groups on Facebook, to capture her enthusiasm and to have her talk about this particular time of her life where she was getting ready to leave Thailand after a long period of time. I wanted her to reflect on her time and tell us how it all came about and what made it special and how it affected her and how it changed her and uh, what she learned from the experience. I wanted her to tell us about the queer community in, in Chiang Mai and how it impacted her life. I wanted her to tell us about her journey as an artist, as a musician, as a singer, as a songwriter and storyteller and how being a location independent or a nomad or a geomaxer helps these identities flourish. And what a pleasure to listen to her answers. This is Izzy Yoma, Geomaxin to Embrace the Unknown. I will start by asking you, did introducing yourself um, change at all since you decided on this lifestyle? Yeah, from Rachel to Izzy and now back to Rachel. Wow. Um, Rachel, I use as my professional name. Um, it is my main name. My middle name is Isabel. Izzy became my stage name for music. And there were a lot of Rachels in town. And so I was just like, I need to differentiate in some way. Um, and so like that was a small part. But I learned that describing myself with confidence made me just more become who I was describing, whether or not it was initially true. So like I started out trying to work remotely as a graphic designer. I don't have formal training as a graphic designer, but I'm pretty good at it and I'm self-taught. And so I would just introduce myself as a graphic designer and that's how I would find people. Mm -hmm. You know, and they're like, oh, you seem like you actually are what you just said you are. We need one of those. It's like, okay, this seems to work. I am just curious to know how traveling or living in different parts of the world impacted or improved on those identities and if you had to ditch some of them. Hmm. Uh, I don't think, I rebranded when I did my music, like I used to be known as Raybird, which I really enjoy and it's super endearing to me, but um, like SEO wise, not super unique. <laughs> and so I had to do a little bit of research there. Um, and aside from that, I uh, my understanding of myself has, has changed in a variety of ways. And then also realizing that the title is both important and not important. It depends where you are in that stage of your acceptance. Mm -hmm. So I think initially titles are something I would gravitate towards because I need to hold on to the title in order to feel like I'm actually that thing. And then more and more I've been able to like let go of just being like, 
I mean, I know internally that I am that person. And so I feel less a need to like say what I am very loudly so that everyone else can give me that affirmation. Mm. So both stages are super important. Um, and I've had to go through the stages of, and I'm going to go through more stages depending on what next I become. You know, it took me a long time to say that I'm a professional. You know, I'm just like, oh no, I, I work in this field, but it's like, no, I, I can own that a little bit more. Speaking of next thing you'll become, I feel like this is the end of a chapter. Now you're moving uh, to North America. I want you to reflect a little bit more about your experience in Asia and tell me a little bit more about how um, living in different countries improved or impacted an aspect of your life. Oh man, it's changed everything, right? Um, so I lived in Southeast Asia for a while because I'm half American, half Filipino. And so I moved there from middle school and high school. I think the Filipino culture really had an impact on my life. And then I went back to the States for college. And so I got a little bit resituated. Um, so coming back has been like a nice bit of culture shock. It um, really uh, introduces like humility to me because I don't know the language and I'm not in my area where I know everything. And so it reminds me to just like, hey, maybe you should listen more and speak less um, on a broad sense. But when I, I came to Chiang Mai first, when I was like, I need to start traveling. I just had a friend that was like, I live here. It's super easy. Come here. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I thought I was just going to travel until I ran out of money. And then I accidentally fell into a group of people that were just working for not a lot of money, but towards something that they really enjoyed and they could do it all online. And I was like, oh, this is very interesting. How do I do this? Um, and I got a really part-time job as a virtual assistant, um, just doing the deeds that other people didn't really want to do. I worked for like 10 bucks an hour, you know, at part-time. And so I was like, cool, this is everything I need right now. Um, so it was really nice to learn. It was like my foot in the door on the remote world because I had never truly worked remotely before. I had independent type jobs, but, um, and having that foot in the door gave me the confidence to apply the experience from my previous work life into now applying it to a remote life. And so that's allowed me to like accelerate in my career, remote career more. Um, so that was very instrumental, although it did require a bit of humility on that part because I was like, oh, I'm used to earning more. Mm. I'm used to, uh, yeah, earning more money. And so it was like, okay, but if you want to actually pursue in this direction, you have to invest the time and it's a bit of more grunt work and to like figure out what you don't know yet. And then you can move forward. So it was a bit one step forward, one step back. But now I feel like I leaped forward because I was okay to step back a little bit. Um, but yeah, living in Chiang Mai kickstarted that. So it taught me that I could work online. And it taught me that traveling could look very differently than backpacker lifestyle, for example, and that it's okay to spend a little bit of money if you want to be comfortable. It's okay to um, not know where you're going. I had a very meticulous plan when I first started traveling. It had every single flight I would take on which day in order to make it the most cost, uh, cost efficient uh, and in correspondence with which free visas I could get to which countries and I was like I know exactly what I'm doing for the next 12 months and then there's a call to come back to Chiang Mai it's like but that would make everything that would upset the plan and I was like but I really want this okay I guess I'll come back and it and that was terrifying and also super awesome so it started in Asia um, 
and then I ended up going to South America for a while and learned that it could just be really flexible. I might have gotten away from the the question. <laughs> oh, it's totally okay. When you when you talk about letting go, it comes up a lot in what you're saying. Letting go, gaining confidence, um, shifting plans. Can you pinpoint a moment in your life where you realized that or inspired you to to lean towards that? I can remember the moment that it became okay to let go of plans, which was. I had come to Chiang Mai first, learned it was all super cool and it was possible, and then went back to the Philippines for Christmas. And then I was supposed to just do the rest of Asia. That was where the plan was beginning. But then there was an invitation to come back to Chiang Mai where I would have, uh, I would work for a conference um, where it was full of digital nomads, and that sounded so cool to me. Uh, and I could be in a two-person band. And I was like, this all sounds so cool, but I had so many plans. Right, and it was such a decision, and it sounds like a no-brainer because the reasons I could come back to Chiang Mai were so awesome, but I was so attached to this idea of the life I was supposed to be living in order to have freedom. <laughs> and uh, and I was really sitting with myself, and I've always been a planner, and then I realized I'm planning for something that I do not know, whereas what I could know right now also is are things I do not know, and so it's a beautiful adventure that might just have been delivered in a package I wasn't expecting. And so when I realized, I was like, I'm personally drawn to things I do not know, like to some sense of adventure. And I realized that it also doesn't have to just look one way. And so when I decided I was going to come back to Chiang Mai, I was gonna pursue these like cool opportunities. Uh, and that went so well, it just affirmed in my mind that's like, okay, like we can make a plan. We don't follow it, but if it makes me feel better to make a plan, we can do that. Um, but then also be okay to let go of the plan, like just continue to listen, right? So then fast forward like um, a year and a half later, my plan coming back to Chiang Mai after traveling was, okay, the last time I planned, it all fell apart. So let's not plan at all and just like listen to what happens. And I was thinking, oh, my friend's gonna invite me to this country and then we're gonna go here and go here. Uh, and the plan and the the sound I kept hearing was stay still because COVID is out there. And so I was like, oh, so my plan was to travel according to wherever I was called to. And it seemed like actually I was just supposed to stay still. So I've learned that I, I don't have any idea what's happening and that's okay. <laughs> Sounds so much like surrendering, I think. Yeah. I had tr I had trouble understanding that and accepting that I, not everything is within my control mm -hmm. and a lot of it uh, may fall through and uh, that there's always another path to follow. Right. Um, you mentioned that you didn't study design, so what did you study? <laughs> uh, I was supposed to be a vet doctor. That was the original plan. I had a major in biology pre-vet. And I had a minor in business management because business seemed cool and I figured it could be applied to anything. Um, and so it's a bit ironic that that's now what I'm doing most of my life with. And now I just pet dogs instead of and like then do business. Um, but I was supposed to go on that career. I didn't get into vet school. Like the grades were just too steep for me. And I said, okay, I'm gonna try for the next two years working in this animal related field and then apply to grad school again because it was expensive. Um, and it was basically, I didn't know it then, but it was like the current day, I'm gonna feel into it and see what happens. 
Um, and then two years after I graduated undergrad, I was like, I don't really want to be a vet doctor anymore. I see the vet doctors I worked for and they seemed really unhappy and they were still in a pile of debt and they were never traveling and they just didn't have any time for themselves. And I was like, I want to be a little bit more selfish <laughs> right now. I want to have more time with myself doing what I want to do. And so that's what I studied. I, I ended up going into a bunch of different like career directions based on what I was good at or what my friends wanted from me and I was like oh okay that's like a skill I guess I could like develop further um, so I work now and know where what I was trained to do <laughs> not really did you know back then that this is the the lifestyle you wanted no because I don't think I knew anyone who had a lifestyle like this I remember meeting a guy that I was like I had stars in my eyes and he was like, oh yeah, I backpacked in Southeast Asia for six months. And I'm like, oh, I've never met someone as cool as you. And I was like, whoa. And then now it's so funny to think that because I'm like, I accidentally, that one time I accidentally lived in Thailand for two years, but it was like, okay, yeah, that was a thing, you know? So I had no one in my life that like made this their life. So I didn't know it was a life I could have. I love the idea of making travel a sustainable way of life for me. And so I thought I needed to have some extra degree to do that. I thought in order to work online, I needed to take X many number of classes, you know, and it turns out I don't necessarily, it is the right way for many people in order to get their foot in the door. But like, I found out I was like, oh, I can, I can do it without all that. There's also this, the fact that you're an artist, you're a musician. That's how I met you, actually. You were on stage. I'm like, oh, this looks like a cool person that I need to get to know. Um, I really want to know more about this area of your life. How did you max on being a musician in Asia? Um, I never intended to be a musician in Asia, was how I started. Uh, none of this is on purpose, you know? It's gracefully falling in the direction that it seems to be leading me in. Uh, I would play music, write and play music very casually in the States, and I would do open mics and like hang out with my friends, but I heard the story of like the struggling musician too many times to think I wanted to actually go in that direction. So it was very chill. <laughs> and then I came to Chiang Mai and I finally found an open mic about two months later. I told him like, you guys need to work on your SEO because I've been looking for you and I have not found you. <laughs> and they're like, you know what SEO is? I was like, oh, okay, we've, I've skipped some steps. Um, but I connected with some people who wanted to play music with me and it was very cool. Um, and I ended up getting in that duo which was very fun to like, it was the first time I ever really wrote music with somebody. Um, and, and then they were invited to go with some other groups of friends that were like, hey, we're gonna go on tour in Southeast Asia. We're just a bunch of us bands and some acoustic artists are just gonna travel and play music. And I was like, you're going on tour. Are you sponsored by somebody? Is there someone inviting you? You're like, no, nah, we just decided we're gonna travel and play music. It's like, you could just do that. Uh, okay, you know, and I'm super organized. So I ended up scheduling, I found out which cities we were planning to hit. I researched which, um, you know, bars had music there. And I reached out to them saying like, I have three musicians coming. Uh, we're planning to do like an acoustic night. Um, please tell me the following, like, what nights are you free? How much you're able to pay us? And like, what else you need us to bring to the venue? And I just sort of like, it was hard for me to ask for money to play music at the time. It was nice to just slip it in that email of like other things and also it helped that I was asking 
for other people as well. It wasn't just me asking for me, which is still difficult, even though I tell everyone you should ask what you're worth. But um, so I, there was a month, uh, March, 2019, where I was just on tour, right? We did Bangkok, Hong Kong, uh, Malaysia and Vietnam. And that was super cool. It was a bit of a rock style, rock, rock star life for a second. And um, I'm still like, I, I have a lot of love for those people that I traveled with. And it also could have been a reality TV show, right? You put 12 musicians on a plane and like, make sure no one strangles each other, you know, and it's, it was great. It was super cool. Um, but that helped me get confidence in myself, um, helped me get a little bit more seen and um, helped me see myself as a musician. And I still even struggle with this where I'm like, you know, people will be near me and they're like, you should hear her voice, you should hear her songs. And I'm like, ah, yeah, I, I play music, right? As opposed to adopting like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a singer, I'm a musician. Like, so it's been, that's another role of identities that I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I am that. Um, but it, it just sort of kept, I, I had to just keep listening. People were like wanting me to play. And so I'd find places to play. And uh, I had a weekly gig at a local um, dive bar, a Thai dive bar, which is super cool. And so I would play every Sunday and that would be a fun opportunity for like friends to come hear me. And I got some exposure for people I didn't know. And so um, I got to play at the Jive Tap Music Festival because I was a late add-on to a different band. And I was just like, they're like, can you sing high notes? I'm like, yes. And they're like, all right, come here. <laughs> so it's all been very by accident, but it's been awesome. <laughs> Very cool. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, how did Chamai help your queer identity flourish? Yeah, good question. Um, this living in Chiang Mai has been the first time I felt like I was in a completely new place with no previous context. And so that sort of independence has really helped me just dig into who I am without the influence of wondering what will so and so think and what will this like how will this affect how people see me on the on the whole because I was like nobody knows me I can just fully be whoever I feel like being in that exact moment um and so that helped me sort of like explore that queer identity um there's also like a a pretty good group of queer people in town and so them uh, making the effort to like create that community and bring people together was very fun for the first time for me to be surrounded by for example like queer identifying folks and not even knowing what queer was. I was like, isn't that a bad word now? And they're like, no, we took it back. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, then then we're, we're queer. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, and, and just realizing like, oh, these feelings are validated externally by people who have also been struggling in these different ways and coming from all sorts of backgrounds that like told them they couldn't be who they are and now feeling the freedom to be like, wow, you like me including all not like despite all these different identities it's like we love you because of these identities um and and being recognized as queer has been very cool i didn't realize it was something that i was longing for but it suddenly explained certain desires that i had to like i want to dress this way today or i want to um, talk to people in this way and um, i think it's another example where it was a title i held on to because i was like oh this is who I am. There are other people who feel this way. And um, now it's more becoming just like, oh, it's just like a bit of a lifestyle and it's just habitually part of who I am. But it's been very cool to connect with other people who identify similarly and exchange stories 
and um, sit with other people as they might still be very much healing from that part of their lives. And it's cool to know that I feel very proud of who I am now and I have gone through my own journey to get there. And the idea that that could maybe help someone else be like, yeah, that resonates a lot with me and I want to be more like that. I just want to be more out and about. And it again just came from me deciding like, all right, I guess I'm going to talk about this now. I'm just going to say it like this is who I am because it's who I know I am, but I haven't said it out loud yet. I had the confidence to be who I am and explore. Just have, just give myself the permission to explore who I am because of the community here. It's just so easy yeah. to be who you are. Because if I show up with uh, a different way to, uh, that I present myself, they're just like, oh, I like your style. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> very, <laughs> yeah. very um, easygoing way. One of my best days in Chiang Mai, she just said something like, um, I experienced the beauty outside of fear. That's why mm. I can no longer be afraid of who I am. Mm. And I just cherish that. Very What's your relationship with fear? <laughs> nice, nice lead in. Oh, oh goodness. Um, I, there are many things in life I'm still afraid of. Um, but there are many things in life I have been able to release a fear for. So specifically, for example, for queerness, I came out like 11 years ago now, which feels like a very long time. But, um, but, and, and in, in those 11 years, I'm still discovering what does this look like inside of me and how is it expressed? Um, I think a lot of fear came from coming from a very Catholic upbringing, um, worrying about what my family will think. Um, and, and truly it's a lot of what will family think because once I make more and more friends that just are open to me, however I come, that helps heal the fear of just like, oh, I feel affirmed, okay. Like, I'm worthy of love even when I present this way. I'm worthy of love even when I act and say these things or love these people, right? And so it's nice to have that affirm affirmation and that love um, from friends to overwrite where fear used to be. Um, and I'm still discovering like how healing that can be in very unexpected ways. Like I'm not looking out and just being like, somebody heal me, right? But I might, be hesitant to compliment you because I'm like, oh no, she might think that it means all these things. Where it's like, no, I just want to tell you something nice. And I want you to know that other people receive you as so nice, you know, and um, trying to get out of my own head, perpetually trying to remember it's not about me, you know, and as much as I know that as a quote, I it's hard to internalize that in the everyday of everything. Um, and so remembering it's not about me, right? So if I tell you a compliment, this is something I would like you to know as opposed to you now thinking that I had all these underlying intentions, right? Um, so uh, I always I always have pr prided myself on having a healthy relationship with the unknown, whereas people might be like, I'm afraid to move because then what will happen to me, right? And for those bigger leaps, usually I'm actually pretty okay. Um, it's more like, am I allowed to say this thing on my social media because like my family might see it and then who knows what's going to happen come Christmas time, right? Like they're going to be like that one time. But then I realized as much as I, I had that fear in writing an Instagram post, right? Or something. Um, 
either I would have the courage to say whatever I was afraid of. And then it would be, I would receive loving comments from friends who were just like, that's what I've been thinking. Thank you for saying it out loud. And that being so cool to just be like, Oh, awesome. I'm so glad it resonated with you. And then on the other side, you know, the people I would be very afraid of calling me out of like, Oh, the thing I said completely missed that and make up some story about something I never gave any thought to. Right. They're like that one time that really made me judge you. And I'm like, that is completely not at all what I was trying to. So I just it, like realizations like that have made me understand that there's no way I can control how anyone's going to react to me. And so I'm just going to be the most version of myself, keeping in mind lovingly that the people around me may not share the same experience with me. And that's OK. I don't feel like I need to be myself so much that you just have to deal with it. Right. Um, I love people from all sides of the political spectrum. Right. And so I'm, I'm aware of like you just coming with your own context. That's totally fine. But, uh, I'm not going to, I, I don't want to walk on eggshells because if you're going to be offended by something I say, you're going to probably be offended no matter what I do. So why should I edit myself? Yeah, that's, that's, um, there's a lot, that's, <laughs> that's a lot, I just, sometimes I just, I just go on a, and I'm like, oh, we're just, we're just here now. <laughs> yeah, I hate walking on eggshells, and it feels like it's recently a lot. Also, because I come from Morocco, I'm not familiar with other cultures or the Western world. I have a completely different, um, view on politics and the world and I have had to unlearn certain things. I have had to open up to other people and be receptive of uh, other opinions and be less defensive. Uh, it was a lot to navigate and I certainly made a lot of mistakes, but I hold on to this curiosity and also, yeah, when approaching people, I'm just going to be curious and know where that comes from. Yeah. Where that, um, and I find, I find that it's, uh, it, it's helpful. It's, it gives credit to both parties. You treat people as human beings and you affirm that they have their own journey, their own experiences. We're all biased to a certain extent. Right. Um, to, to circle back to, healthy relationship with the unknown. I love that. Um, was it was it how you approach uh, working location independent? Mm. Um, a bit. Yeah, I uh, well, when I first decided to like leave home, which at the time was Minneapolis in Minnesota, in the States, um, I Everyone was like, you're crazy for leaving because I had a good job, good friends, good house. Like, life was great, right? I didn't come here running from something. And that was very much an intention of just like, I feel like there's somewhere I'm supposed to be going. I'm running towards something. I don't know what it is, but I, I've just got to go. I got to go. And so, like, that kicked my butt out to Asia. Um, and I... I have approached many things on the remote work side of life with having no idea of knowing what I'm getting into. Um, but it's also like there's been a lot of trust in myself to figure it out. Um, and this is something I just keep telling people. I'm just like, you have an amazing ability to figure it out. 
Um, that's like what our generation is good at now, right? And um, one of many things. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm just like, I, I, I got hired for a job and I'm like, I have no idea what a virtual assistant is. I do not know like all the, th like a, it's a bit of a job description that's like, ah, you figure out what we give you. I'm like, okay, that sounds a little terrifying, but that's okay. You know, and I, um, it's like an okay with admitting that I don't know uh, trust in myself to figure it out. Um, and just knowing that like I reflect back on life and I'm like, wow, there were so many things I never knew how to do, but I figured it out. So I'm going to just do that again. <laughs> so I'm not sure if it's, uh, it's, it's a bit of the relationship with the unknown, um, that plays into trust of self. Um, I think they kind of hold hands. Absolutely. Now I feel like this is coming into full circle when I saw your post on one of the groups and I was so happy to see that. It was, it was wonderful uh, to see a person who has done her, the work of finding her way and now giving back or taking other people's hand to show them that it's possible for them too. Um, not long ago, you posted on the on the the group that you are willing to help uh, people who are looking for a remote job and coach them or join a, a workshop. I want to know more about that. Where that idea came from, and how did you prepare? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was born out of the fear from many of my friends who here in Chiang Mai make their livings teaching uh, on uh, a tutoring platform, like teaching English to largely Chinese students, right? And then like laws were changing and basically all these friends of mine are just living in fear of like losing their job and either right away or in the next couple of months. And so I know that I've been in a fear mindset where you, it's hard to think logically. It's hard to just be like, okay, then I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. They're just like, I need a job now. I have no money. What am I going to do? You know, and um, and I love having these conversations with friends. I've done a lot of that one-on-one, -on -one, trying to just like work with you on your resume and how help you uh, apply to jobs online in a way that like feels not terrifying, <laughs> and so um, or or help foster um, an idea you've been sitting on. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I've loved having these conversations one-on-one, -on -one, and I been percolating in the back of my mind like how can I make this a bigger thing um, and I just never really had the kick in the butt to do it and so I'm like okay a lot of my friends are living in fear I think I have the ability to at least bring them uh, some peace you know it's not necessarily to resolve all your issues but it's just to like give you that breath back um, and that control feeling back um, even though we are never really in control, there's that. Uh, but so I, I posted this thing like, hey, would anyone find comfort in any of these three things? And I numbered them because I'm particular. Uh, it was like a brainstorming and support session for your passion projects, uh, a workshop on how to redo your resume if you haven't taken a look at it for a long time. And the third was uh, how to apply for jobs online without getting like emotionally drained. Um, and I thought everyone was going to agree on number one or something like I thought the community would just gravitate towards a particular one. And there were a lot of comments that were like, I want all three. I was like, oh, oh, I need to I need to I need to make some stuff. <laughs> and I was thinking because like I posted that maybe a month 
having a month and a half left before I left Thailand to go to the States, which is happening next. Um, and I figured, oh, I can just, whatever people eventually comment on this thing, I'll just do after I get to the States. Like, but then I was like, nope, they're in fear now. They need something now. I better make this now. And so about a week after that post, I had written three workshops for all three of those things, um, all one hour long. And with the intention of like making this a super useful, tangible thing, because personally, I hate going to workshops. You don't waste an hour of my time with something you could have emailed me. Don't read me slides. Um, don't just try to give me the power to go figure it out myself. You know, like I have a lot of pet peeves. And so I was dodging all those pet peeves and creating my own thing. Um, and so I'm quite happy with what I've created. Um, I've had all three workshops at least once. One of them I've had twice and another one I'm going to have for the second time this coming Sunday. So um, it's very cool. I'm, I'm happy with it. And now I'm like, what happens next? Um, uh, but yeah, so... So there's been some pretty good interest and feedback and I, and I see why, right? Like, like, here's a free thing. And everyone's like a free thing that could help me. Awesome. <laughs> um, and I think people are being pleasantly surprised with like the quality of what I'm giving them. Um, I have, yeah, I, I figured out how to be location independent and I didn't take a course and I didn't get a certification. I just Googled a lot of things. And I did a lot of things with just jumping in, in the deep end. You know, I, I have had jobs where I've seen the description and I'm like, I don't know what that is, but I do know I could probably figure it out. And so there's been a lot of that. Um, I lovingly say that I have, am professionally unemployed, uh, which sounds absolutely terrible, but it's like, I've, I, because I work with a lot with startups, which sometimes, you know, run out of money or end for some reason that is not necessarily anything to do with your control. Um, like I've been in the job market, I've like hunted a bunch, but I've made that process so simplified to me that it no longer intimidates me. I feel like I have that power back. I have the confidence to apply for jobs casually. Like I love my job now. And every now and then I'm like, I'll just see what's up. I'll just see if there's anything interesting out there. Um, not because I have any intention of leaving my current job, but just because like that process doesn't scare me anymore. Um, and so uh, a friend mentioned this and I love quoting this now is like, the true job security comes from knowing I can always find a job, not from having a job that I love, which I do, but it's like, if I lose my job, I'll go find another one. And I do recognize that that comes from very much a place of privilege. Like I'm realizing in working on these workshops that's like, okay, yeah, I have American citizenship. English is my first language and my native tongue, you know? And so there are certain things like that, that do not, um, that are working against other people, you know? Um, especially if you add anything that like, it's just like, okay, are they biased in all these other ways? They're like, you're a woman, you're not white, you know, like things, things like that. And so there are so many things that could work against other people that I'm, in building these workshops, trying to figure out, okay, if you don't have a visa to work in the States, how, what is the workaround here? Um, what is your answer here? If you have this background, how, what's your answer here? So I've been trying to think with all these people in mind because I know that I have some things can come easier to me, but I don't want that to be like, oh, well, you're shit out of luck if you're not fitting these criteria. Like, that's so silly to me, but okay. it's a whole ramble. <laughs> <laughs> I love every bit of that, and especially the community aspect of it. To know that your friends are in need, that's the very definition of community to me, is when they're 
there are people in need, someone steps up and says, there is something I can do about this mm -hmm. and I can bring something that I know and I can help you in more than one way. Mm -hmm. I can, and I think that's the, the, the best thing for me is that out of this experience, they gain not just a job, but they gain confidence in themselves. And there's nothing more precious for a human being than to trust themselves yeah. and to know that they can do something. Um, it took me a long time and it still is uh, taking me a long time to believe in myself the same way my friends believe in me and see my, my skills and capacity the same yeah. way. It's, that's, that's everything. <laughs> right? Yeah. Once you have that fire, you're just like, all right, let's break down some doors, whichever doors, don't care. Let's just do it. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, that's why I wanted to talk with you because I saw your workshop. I saw the process. It's high quality. It's, it also takes, um, takes care of the person that's going through the process. A lot of the courses or the workshops that I signed up for online, they set you up to fail mm. because there's no roadmap. And what you're creating, there is a roadmap, there is a place to start, there is also working on mindsets, and then there is a follow-up, there's also an offer for accountability. Right. And I love that. Yeah. Why is accountability so important to us? Uh, because it's easy, for me, it's easy to get started, but it's hard to follow through. I've always been a good starter, because the start is where the hype is. If you get that injection of, I can do it, then you're like, cool, and you go and go and go, and then you lose fumes and then it, and then all your work could just, just sit, right? But if you have an accountability partner or group, then you are energized, you are continuously getting more fire from seeing your peers succeed and wanting to be there with them. Um, trying to figure out how to have accountability in this sort of crew has been, and is, is currently an ongoing situation, right? Like. I made a Trello board where people can see uh, where they are in the different stages of building a resume. I made a group where people can kind of um, ask questions if they want to, because I know like your question might be applicable to all these other people. Um, and also like I had people asking like, is it okay if I share this and people give feedback? I'm like, yes, definitely. Like we should feel more freedom to do that. Um, but. That's something I'm, I'm currently trying to figure out too. It's just like, how can I create a sense of community with people who don't necessarily know each other, um, but want to rally around a common thing. So still figuring that part out. <laughs> I will be following you and see how you figure that out. It's so interesting. Yeah. And speaking of following you, it's gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be a different life for you. And, Less than a week, or it's a week starting now. Wow! Yeah. How excited are you? How are you feeling? What's I'm um, feeling many things that I'm not processing as much as I should, but I know in about a week I'll process it all on the plane. <laughs> you know, it'll hit me when I'm finally forced to slow down. I'm uh, leaving Chiang Mai in the way that I commonly exist, where I'm just trying to fit all the things in, in a very short period of time. Um, and I'm not really slowing down, which I believe is really important. I believe you need to like take time for yourself and emotionally process. And I'm not admittedly doing that so much at the moment because I'm just like, 
I want to keep going because I just need to squeeze everything out of this beautiful city that I love um, until I, I can't anymore. You know, and it's always here. And I have these people as lifelong friends now and, and yada, yada, logic. I get it. But like emotionally, I just need a hug, you know. So it's like we'll figure that part out. Yeah, you get it. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's beautiful. I have had multiple people describe they're like these workshops are like her last gift to the city before she goes and I'm like wow that sounds so big like um and 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 beautiful I love that people perceive it as a gift you know um I want to give it to people freely a lot of time has been invested in it and I do I am currently trying to reconcile how do I respect the amount of time I've put into it versus people just texting me being like, hey, I couldn't make the workshop. Can you just send me over whatever you did? And I'm just like, I would appreciate a little bit more respect, but I don't know how to communicate that. So I'm also figuring that part out. Um, this is a bit of a side thing, but like eventually it'd be nice to monetize it. But like at the moment, I don't feel right charging people it's like oh are you in fear of losing your job pay money and then maybe get a job right like right now that just doesn't sit well with me at all so and plus I have a job right I have a source of stability and I want to give other people like comfort in that so so that's something that's a little bit not sitting right yet uh, and I'll figure that out but yeah I'm very excited for where I'm going. It is a bit unknown. I'm not going to a place where I have a bunch of friends in place. I don't really know anything about what the city is. You know, um, the final destination is Canada. And um, I haven't really explored Canada very much. I'm very excited. It seems really cool. Um, it's supposed to be some beautiful landscapes, uh, a cool queer scene to go into. You know, the musician's space seems really ripe. And so there's a lot of opportunity um, I am sad about leaving what all that was in this city. Um, and also, I'm just focusing on how grateful that I am to have had all of it at, at all, you know. Um, so my room is half packed because that's sort of where I feel. I feel I've got one foot in a suitcase and one foot still here. Um, and slowly I'm going to be moving more stuff into the suitcase. So I'm, I'm sad, but also like, hey, we're talking about working online. so. That all my coworkers for like the last three years, I have never met. Like there's this it, this joke online. It's like when you log off for the day, it's like, see a figments of my imagination. It's like you could all never exist. These could be highly clever AI bots sent to test only me. But then you're like, oh, yeah, it's not about me. So why would this happen? But <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I as someone who has traveled a lot, I pride myself on being able to like pick up and go but COVID has like, you know, sat me down for a much longer period of time in one place. And I'm grateful because it does, it helped me create communities that I love. And I'm now excited to carry that energy and bring with me to have as new communities wherever I go. So. Wow. wow. Um, what are you most excited about for Canada? And have you thought about something you want to max on there. I know you mentioned the music scene and the queer scene, mm -hmm. but is, is there something specific that you're excited about? I'm, I'm doing that thing where I'm going there to be with my partner, which is very cool. Uh, and also like a cheesy love story, which is also fine. Um, but, you know, wrapped up in that relationship is the queer scene. It is music. I'm excited to create music with her. And um, so that's all really exciting. I don't know if there's like a single thing 
I'm excited about. Um, if I had to pick one thing, it's a bit of a cheater answer because it encompasses so many things. And I love the fact that I have no idea what I'm walking into. You know, I, that's very energizing for me because I don't have expectations set on it. I have some ideas of like, this would be cool and this would be really fun. Um, but I love not knowing. I, I'm grateful for having been here for so as long as I have. But also, I am a traveler at heart, and I would love to just go to a new space. Um, and so I am excited to have that feeling of newness. It's like that new relationship energy, right, when you feel with a new person, but I feel that with places. And so I'm just like, ooh, like, how am I going to fall in love with this city, you know? And so I'm excited for that because I know that I have no way to know what's coming next, truly. Um, and that's exciting. Yeah, maximizing on the excitement effects, on the newness, and exploring the unknown. Yeah. Uh, I think that's exactly how I approach this journey too. It's been wonderful, this whole conversation. I um, have one fun question left for you. What's the snack from 7-Eleven that you're going to miss? <laughs> Ooh, oh man. Uh, you know, okay, I bought... I've been to many 7-Elevens trying to buy them out of this thing, but it's like this little blue bag, it's block candy, it's Tetris. You can play Tetris with this candy. It's, oh it's hard, like my jaw is not happy about it because um, there's just a million gummy candies and I'm not into it. This is like, you know, like a jawbreaker-ish candy. Um, and I've been looking for it. <laughs> and I've been into so many 7-Elevens, I just happen to pass by and if they have some, I get them. And I, I think I've bought out all the ones in my geographic area. So uh, I will miss that, but um, <laughs> that's like the thing. It's like a block Tetris candy. Oh, my God. I love it. And uh, what's a dish that you're going to miss? A Thai dish? Um, let's see. I really like the chicken cashew. It sounds so basic. They have some red sauce I really can't put my finger on, and if anyone knows, like, let me know. But uh, I really like that. Also, the fact that they can do vegetarian and vegan dishes here so amazingly deliciously and for, like, relatively quite an affordable price. Like, um, I do eat everything, but if you can fool me, I'm happy about it, right? So just, like, I'm, I'm very happy about that. The things they do with mushrooms in this city oh. is blows my mind. Um, and so I, I, I will also miss that. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite Thai word? <laughs> uh, you know, the one, I don't know if I have a favorite. I use kotot the most, which means sorry, which makes sense because I'm from Minnesota and I'm going to Canada. So I just, I apologize. You bump into a chair and I say, I'm sorry. Right. Yes. Like, so, <laughs> which is funny because I tell people to say sorry less because I'm like, stand your ground, you know? Um, and yet it's like, do as I say and not as I do. So that's, that's a word I, I probably use the most often. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for, for coming, for agreeing to this, for being my first guest. It's been a delightful and um, I wish you the best of luck on your journey. Thank you. I'm very honored to like be here and like at the beginning of your journey with this because like I love people starting stuff, you know, and it's like your passion and what you're mo moving towards. And so I'm super excited to see like where it goes. And I'm really honored to be like present for that moment of the beginning. So thank you. Thank you so much. much. Warms my heart. Where can people find you? 
Oui. Um, well, so uh, I guess I should point towards like the remote resume is all the stuff that I am working on now with those workshops. The workshops will still be ongoing. I'm, I'm trying to figure out ideal times for everybody, especially now it's going to be cross time zones. Um, but so it'll be the remote workshop is on Facebook as a group. It's also a dot com. The remote resume dot com is actually a thing. I need to clean it up. Uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm having my presence on those two platforms. Thank you very much, Emily. Thank you. <laughs> That's a wrap. Whee! Oh my goodness. <sighs> Thank you for sticking around. Do me a favor. Let me know what you thought about this episode. And if you're feeling generous, please share it with someone who would find this interesting. And I hope that today, You'll embrace the unknown. <laughs>